Indians in there banging on stuff and say, okay, everybody up, you know. Everybody out in formation in 15 minutes. Or you're going to be, it's going to be hell to pay for whoever's the last one out, okay? So we're scrambling, okay? But then it hit me one day. I said, yeah, he's getting us up at 530, which means he's got to get up at 3. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and then I began to appreciate the way that, you know, that was going. Because I said, yeah, he's out here dogging us around every morning and all like that. Uh, you know, 5.30 in the morning waking us up and whatnot. But then it struck me. Man, he's all sand and polished and whatnot. When he comes in there waking us up. I said, that means he had to get up at least an hour and a half before we got up. <clears throat> See, and that's what Hitler was talking about. And that's what George Lincoln Rockwell was talking about. Hey, you can't get weaker than your subjects. You fool around and get weaker than your subjects. Your subjects ain't going to be weak. They're going to be stronger than you. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You think that's a way this system uh, can eventually be defeated? Just white people? Uh... If they keep going in that direction, but history has shown that they stop. Because, see, right behind George Lincoln Rockwell, making those kind of speeches everywhere he went, that's when the jogging craze started. Almost right on that time. The jogging craze? That's when it started. Wasn't no white body out here jogging up and down the street like you see. They've been doing that for two, three generations now. You see people jogging all the time in the morning. Mm -hmm. You didn't see none of that before George Lincoln Rockwell was storming all over the place, warning, you know, white people about that. Say, you better get off your behinds and stop being so soft. Wow. You know, you can sit there with them behind those... Uh, uh, screams all day long and, you know, and, and and do nothing but drink coffee and get big stomachs and all that. Say, you better break out of that. you got to be strong in mind and body. That's the German way. Hmm. Said Hitler criticized the English and he said he definitely criticized the French. He said the French ain't nothing. I don't pay no attention to Frenchmen at all. See, they're a disgrace to the white race. <laughs> wow. Sitting around patting and feeling all day and sipping wine. You know, yeah, that's why we beat them in no time. You know, <laughs> they didn't know what hit them when we went to, went to France. Hmm. Up here reciting poetry and all that. You know, hell with that. You know, <laughs> better get out there and do some work. Wow, I had n I have never heard anyone comment on jogging and when that trend started. And yes, yes, the jogging trend started in the 1970s, and people like George he wasn't the only one. People like George Lincoln Rockwell was going around saying, "We're getting too soft. We're getting too flabby. Look at us wandering up and down the street and thinking that we all that you know we're powerful and all like that." You said you're getting silly. So your body is getting getting weak, and your mind is going to follow. Hmm. See, so if you keep a strong mind and a strong body, then that's a real Nazi. Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, 
Monday, December 12, 2021. So I have been told. Woo, what a year it has been. Anywho, uh, our program for today, we're supposed to have Dr. Martin Ryan, white man, suspected race soldier, uh, as a guest on the broadcast. Uh, he reneged on us. I want to give the exact timestamp. He reneged on us at 4.05 p.m. Pacific time. We were supposed to be live at 5 Pacific time. So not even an hour. What does it mean to be white? I just want to go over the emails uh, to fully incorporate the tackiness of one Dr. Ryan Martin. Uh, So we had our initial correspondence. Uh, way back in November, I think third or fourth week before Thanksgiving in November, uh, he responds. Uh, we pick a date all before Thanksgiving. Today's date, Monday, December 6th. Tell him, great, I'll email you down the road next month to confirm as we get closer to the broadcast date which I generally do with any of the folks that uh, any of our guests that we invite on the program I'll confirm within the day uh, beforehand if we if I speak to them like a month or so in advance or even two or three weeks in advance I'll confirm just to make sure nothing has come up and all the rest of it so we're good this is as, as of December or excuse me as of November 29 we're all straight good He emails back, asks, can you give me a sense for how long the interview will be and the format? I email him back, give him the details about the duration of the program. We normally use Skype or call in on the phone. We have our live listening audience, blah, 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 all of that. He emails back. No problem. He gives me a Skype handle yesterday, uh, says he can do an hour. No problem. I email him. So this is yesterday, Sunday, December 5. He says, my Skype handle, bam, I think we can do seven or I think I can do seven to eight central, but wouldn't be able to commit to more than that. Sorry if that's a problem. No problem. We'll make it work. Do an hour, handle uh, as much as we can and get in callers. So he emails me today after 1 p.m. Pacific. And he says, will you send me more information about your show as I do a little bit of prep? Now, this is after one. Now, for people who maybe you're newer listeners to the cows or whatever, my process generally, if I've emailed a guest and confirmed either that day or the day before, once we're like two or three hours before the program, I'm generally not like looking at my emails to check to see, you know, if the person canceled or whatever the case Maybe, you know, one should do that. But generally, after someone has confirmed, especially if it's the day of, I'm generally not, you know, going back to look and see if they're going to renege on their confirmation. Doesn't happen too often. Uh, Additionally, I'm also because I'm not checking my emails, I'm just focused on getting prepared. If that means completing the introductory segment or whatever else it means. That's what I'm generally doing to prepare for the program, as was the case today. So this email is at one. And in either case, I would have exactly like three and a half hours or whatever to see this before we went live to respond. So a little bit of a short window. He emails back at 4.05, less than an hour before we're supposed to go live. Sorry to do this on short notice, but I'm going to cancel our interview tonight. I spent some time today trying to learn more about your show and wasn't able to find anything. Hence the email below asking for more information that he sent 
less than three hours previously, same day. If at some point you still want to chat, and I would understand if you didn't at this point, please reach out and send me additional information like the name of the show, website, where it can be found and listened to, etc. Take care, Ryan. That last bit is totally normal. Well, I won't even say totally normal. I'd say over the years, about half of our guests do not ask for any of this information. Where can I listen? Blah, blah, blah. A good half of them never get to any of that. For the ones who do, you generally do that information before you even pick a date. And I've picked this out repeatedly because we have white people and non-white people. They're not serious about addressing racism. They're not serious about solving this problem and or Gusty Renegade is widely despised by almost everyone in the universe. Very few exceptions, maybe two numbers steadily falling. So they'll look and find information like, oh, my God, I don't want to talk to that coon, which is totally fine. But again, the proper professional procedure and Dr. Martin Ryan knows this. I think that's why he said I would understand if you don't want to chat at this point. He operates a podcast. The procedure is before we confirm a date, before I agree to speak to you, before we confirm anything, if that's important, like, let me see who I'm going to be talking to. And let me see your format, your program or five or whatever it is. If all that's important and it's important for me when I consider if I'm going to speak to someone, you do all that first, not the day of the program and not an hour before the program is supposed to be live three hours before it's supposed to be live. Say, Hey, wait a minute. Let me get a few details. And then you got an hour to send it to me. Oh, no, I'm got. Are you serious? This right here is another illustration of why it has got to be white guests only because I've had this happen with non-white guests. You talk about patience to not get on here and coon this and Uncle Tom that and Sambo that and I'm remembering names Lord uh, of black people with four black grandparents and everything who did that this thing exactly cancel the day of an hour before minutes before that sort of thing like come on for some non-white person victim of racism who as I said before not serious about addressing this problem oh absolutely livid so that's another reason I would much rather if it's going to be someone canceling like moments before we go live it'd be a race soldier and this is just another illustration of what it means to be white being tacky and super unprofessional uh, and how you go out present even how you ask for information like I said that's all that is super legitimate if you want to say hey I need info and make sure who I'm talking to make sure you're not a felon or you're a convicted child rapist doing a podcast from in prison totally understandable you do that before you agree to speaking on the program Anyway, uh, all of that notwithstanding, I will share the audio segment that I made while he was sending an email before we were about to go live. I was working on the program. He had already confirmed. What is there to think about? I was working on the uh, audio segment uh, to kind of get at some of the fundamental concepts that I wanted to address Dr. Martin Ryan in addition to being a race soldier and being pretty tacky as it relates to us uh, he researches anger uh, in Wisconsin home of Jeffrey Dahmer 
and I'll have to play I'll play the audio segment so you can hear some of it but they talk about racism and in fact they talk about white genetic annihilation I said wow it's no no uh, coincidence that Gusty would find this here uh, white man and this here information like wow listen at this so this is Dr. Ryan Martin talking to some of his colleagues uh, at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay uh, on the podcast that he hosts I'm sure they don't cancel on him the day of or minutes before they're supposed to be live this is the audio introduction uh, that we were supposed to have if he had not been tacky and trifling You know, for a long time, my argument, my sort of rationale for for or my way of talking about anger was to really focus on the positives and the reason, all the good reasons why we experience anger. But at various times, I've been, I think, correctly and rightly called out by marginalized groups, including women, for not recognizing the full consequences that, or I, what I should say is that the consequences of anger expressions differ widely based on who is expressing the emotion. And then we've got plenty of research that points to how men are rewarded for their angry expressions and how women and other marginalized groups are punished for their angry expressions. So we don't have social movements without anger. People need to feel angry. They need to think that things are unjust. And so, yeah, anger is often used against oppressed groups. So if I mean, if you think about um, around African Americans, you know, well, they riot. Well, even when they do things like kneel, that it still becomes problematic. In general, we like our oppressed groups to be kind of smiling and happy and entertaining. Nevertheless, this connection between fear and anger, I, I think it's legitimate. In fact, I'd say the whole sequence is legitimate, at least to some extent. And I'm sure you as a psychologist, Ryan, could you know delve into where it is and where it isn't. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of people's expression of anger is very closely tied to fear. Um, that people become angry uh, often, not always, but often because they're afraid that something is happening or will happen. Um, we mentioned immigration uh, a little while ago, for example, and I think, and a lot of scholars agree with this too, that a lot of the anger that is expressed over immigration, um, migration, uh, whether legal or illegal, um, frankly, a lot of the racist concerns about the declining population of, of whites uh, in the Western world, this idea that whites will someday be a minority population, for example, this is clearly driven by fear. It's, it's a fear that they will lose their position in society in one way or another. That And that could be a number of things, that they'll lose economic power that they'll lose political power because now there will be somebody else who is in the majority um, or some of the more strident fears i think that you know if people uh people of color people of other ethnicities um, are the dominant group in society that they'll turn on white people that they'll take out revenge um you know for what had been done against them previously Right. So you'd mentioned, Ryan, that, that African-Americans, for example, have a long history, a long 
set of reasons for being angry. Some white people who hold to this are very afraid that those African Americans would turn and impose slavery punishment on, on whites. There's no evidence that this would happen. There's no evidence that African Americans want to do this in any way. There's no evidence that people would lose political rights or power, economic influence. Um, you know, when this this kind of demographic shift happens, um, but the fear that it might drives this anger. The assumptions that people make about other people's motivations, I think, or what might happen in thirty, forty, fifty years from now. Um, you know, comes back and and, and causes this anger, uh, I think. Um, and I've mentioned Nazi Germany a couple of times, and I think it applies there, too. Since the beginning of the pandemic, OC supervisors have been getting an earful from folks railing against masks and vaccines. But last week, things got really ugly, with awful racist comments even being thrown at the board's chair, Andrew Doe. A warning, this soundbite is offensive. Mr. Doe, going on in your country right now in Vietnam is 4,000 little kids who are in quarantine camps away from their parents because of this fake scamdemic. And you come to my country and you act like one of these communist parasites, I ask you to go the f*** back to Vietnam. Yeah. Lord. Woo, that is one of my favorite, favorite sound clips uh, from this calendar year. Uh, the segment from that was a meeting in California where they were discussing mask mandates. And you heard the white person in the crowd shout out, uh, go back to Vietnam. The outburst behind him. That's right. You tell him, John. One of my favorite sound clips uh, from the California, no less, like progressive, liberal California. Indeed. Uh, but that was what I was doing um, while our guest was preparing to renege. I was preparing for a program. We had a confirmation. So that was uh, the podcast that our guests, Dr. Ryan Race Soldier operates he had dr christine smith white woman on the program and then he had dr cliff gaynard gaynard i think that's it gaynard yeah uh on the program white man he was speaking second so with dr smith it was actually uh dr ryan speaking first and hang on one second Apologies. Made me work hard this year, Monday. Alrighty, so. Woo, disrupted my train of thought with all that. So, the first segment, Dr. Ryan Martin is speaking with Dr. Christine Smith, and he says that he has been called on, hey, you're a white man, you have, he said, white privilege. I for sure was going to ask about that. Uh, but you have white power, you know, you have the ability to be angry. And he said that there's research about uh, men being rewarded for being angry. And he said, because he's been called on this by women and other marginalized groups language. That is a niggardly word right there. Marginalized. Uh, 
And I was like, one, I wanted, can you tell me any bit of research in the known universe that suggests black males in any age group, in any context, I don't care what it is, prison, kindergarten, old folks home, cemetery, in any setting for any reason, black males are rewarded for anger. And I for sure was going to hit my mute button and wait on an answer on that one. And I think that's so important because people like Dr. Ryan Martin and many others, they're not ignorant about racism. He says he's been called on this. So this suggests like this is not a one time thing like there are many times that this has been pointed out. So you're not ignorant, right? The entire way that this subject is approached would have to be changed. It would have to be same way that I said for years when they come out and they start talking about women, this and women, that and patriarchy, blah, blah, blah. white women because you're not even talking about all females you don't even care about them it's white women you're disgruntled about whatever power dynamics are going on between white women and white men you can't even talk about females in general because white women are not treated the same they are not allowed to function the same as non-white females the same applies for black males non-white males in comparison to white males even if you heard some of that malarkey about patriarchy even if you think such a thing exists it would have to be white male patriarchy and that's not just sloppiness in language this is uh dr martin and these folks have phds and doctorates and have spent tens of excuse me probably hundreds of thousands of dollars on degrees and teaching years credentials published papers they have editors and what have you this is not just uh, being a little loose when we speak this in my view is another one of the ways that white people practice racism white supremacy and it's got to be knowingly because he said he's been called on this repeatedly so that was kind of two or a big portion of what I wanted to talk about with Dr. Martin and the hour that we were going to have him research on black males being rewarded for anger and then what's the research on white men being rewarded for anger and even with that one when you say women are not rewarded for anger that's true but that's the same thing white women I had a long list now he was talking with Dr. Christine Smith and she went into that white women not being rewarded for being racist or for being angry even though she was the one that came back and said that we want our oppressed groups to be happy and entertaining. Woo. Happy and entertaining. Super important. Maybe we can see if we can get her on the program if she does not renege. But back to the white women. That was one I was going to have to say, man, I am not sure. I have sat here and watched one white women were out at January 6th. I made that long sound clip. We had multiple white women on the program earlier this year talking about white women's role in white supremacy, racism, and even their role in the January 6th insurrection. Ashley Babbitt, right? Martyr to the cause, QAnon and all that, right? Didn't even uh, find anyone uh, criminally culpable for her killings. <laughs> Hey, she shouldn't have been there acting like a, a heathen, 
terrorist, treasonist. Ashley Babbitt, that was one. I said, man, Amber Geiger, didn't we hear her? Matter of fact, do people remember Patricia McCloskey? I suspect people in the Missouri area do. The case, this was last year in the St. Louis region. They had a group of protesters. Uh, They were trying to get to the mayor's residence and they were going down the street. I think there might have been some sort of restriction. St. Louis has lots of like private access roads and what have you. All deliberate acts of white supremacy racism. Uh, But the McCloskey's white attorneys, remember that when they came out of their residence with their firearms, it wasn't just the white man. It wasn't white male patriarchy. It was racist man, racist woman, Patricia McCloskey armed and right by her husband. I wish a hoodlum would step on my yard. And then they got convicted for brandishing firearms. Later, matter of fact, more recently, they may be disbarred should have happened a long time ago I suspect if they were classified as black they would have been disbarred a long time ago and they would have been doing prison time because they were convicted but they got pardoned by the governor remember they got invited to speak they wasn't just the man it was racist man Patricia McCloskey right there 2020 President Trump when he had the Republican National Convention I was going to bring her up I said, don't I was going to tell him, man, don't let me get my memory together for the Obama years. And you want to tell me that white women don't get rewarded, are not allowed to be angry in public. Don't let me get my Obama memory on. Remember Governor Jan Brewer in Arizona? She had that famous uh, or former governor now, but Jan Brewer, white woman, famous photo. President Obama landed out the desert as she came and put her finger in his face like let me tell you something Nick remember that one all kind they talked about that one for a good month or so like wow she is putting it on like I don't remember her getting in trouble I don't mean her remember her being censored I go on and on it's lots of exam I'm sure people could pitch in their own we get uh, contributions for neutralizing workplace racism on a regular basis but I think it's tons of matter of fact whoa 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 when they get on their roll because they get on the white male rage and that's how president trump was elected and ran, 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 the thing that they leave out i had that right there too most of president trump's supporters every time white women voters the majority went with trump every time they were right there with him in their outrage about things that are happening and make America great again that's another one I point out like anytime you have white people who are allowing promoting any sort of dialogue or concepts that seem to suggest racism white supremacy or whatever sort of system of injustice they say is operating on the planet is being carried out by white men and we got all this patriarchy and all that. And you're not even saying white male patriarchy and carried out by white men. And come on now, you're leaving out white women. And I, and I was going to from that, I was going to link to because the white woman, <clears throat> he talked to uh, several white women, but the white woman, Dr. Christine Smith, she was in that clip. They were talking. He was telling her about his white privilege, so-called. She talks about. Uh, or excuse me I was right the first time he talks to several different white women so he talks to a different white woman later on her name is Kate Burns 
Kate Burns. So this white woman, they're talking about mobs. And they start with definitions, which I can appreciate. Words are important. What is a mob? What is a group? What's the difference between the two? And, you know, all of that. Uh, And they talked about how this in psychology, if we have any folks who took psychology, they talked about the concept of diffusion of responsibility. When you get in a group, anything can happen. Uh, You know, you might pick up a bench and throw it or anything. Uh, Once you get in uh, some sort of a group, especially if there's some sense of uh, anonymity, you know, uh, you might not be found out if it's dark, right? That sort of thing. The electricity goes out. They have some mayhem sometimes then, uh, that it even goes up more because I won't be, you know, held accountable for this. Like, Hey, let's hop into it. And they were talking or she, excuse me, Dr. Burns, she was talking about lynchings. They mentioned lynchings in the South. Again, white people are not ignorant about racism. They mentioned lynchings in the South. And she said that a lot of times these lynchings, white people would be in their clan robes and under the, the cloak of anonymity they could go out and they could do all kinds of things to desecrate these black people that was one where I said eh. most of the images that I've seen of lynchings castrations these brutal you know slaughterings uh, religious sacrifices if you will uh, of black people generally black males not always it is of white people who are smiling. They don't have on a hood. White men, white women, white children, sometimes like thousands. We've done reports, you know, about that. There's so many of them. Those lynching postcards and things that they had a really hard time getting white people to stop sending to each other. That's super public. The people can be identified. Hey, that's me right there. Look at us. We had a grand old time. I got me a nigra finger. Take it home. Store it in the attic. I don't see any evidence that wife you. In fact, even today, Ahmaud Arbery, they had video of that, right? Long time before they were arrested. I don't see any evidence that white people have some sort of guilt or shame about terrorizing, killing, really any manner of abuse or mistreatment to black people. None. Frequently, they brag about it. Matter of fact, I don't have to go all the way back to the lynchings, but that's an important one because that's what she was talking about. And I'm just, you all can let me know, to my recollection, most of the lynching photos that I've seen, it's not people in Klan's robes or and or or they'll have you know how sometimes they they will have the clan regalia on but it does not shield your face you know sometimes they have the or maybe you don't know but they do sometimes have the hood where the face is open so the person is identified even though they do have the whole clan you know robe and sheet and all that on but that's just my recollection i would have to i haven't done an actual count to get a tally like you know is it actually out of the 500 or whatever that I've seen that it's actually 260 where you can see the faces and then you know the other 240 uh, they've got a hood on or whatever I just know there's a lot I don't know what the exact number is but I mean there's no shortage of lynching incidents uh, since sometimes where it's a thousand white and you can see everybody there's no attempt to shield anything and you see the same mentality carried out 
21st century, I was going to pick, or uh, it's probably a bunch of different examples that I could pick, but I'll just take Hurricane Katrina. There's a documentary film, Welcome to New Orleans. I've sound clipped it on the broadcast before, uh, but they have uh, video footage of white people literally at a barbecue picnic. Literally, they're eating hot dogs and hamburgers, bragging about killing black people. Looters, probably, but bragging. Uh, same thing I said again. It was not just white men. Same thing with those lynching photographs. It was not just white men. It was racist man, racist woman at the picnic, bragging together, bragging about killing black people during Hurricane Katrina, not ancient history. But that was another one that I was going to bring up. Now, even though that was not commentary directly from Dr. Ryan Martin, he had her as a guest on the program. I was going to do the same thing that people do to Gus T. Legions of folks over there. You have somebody and they say something on the program that's either incorrect or whatever it is that they say. If you don't, you know, do enough to question them about it or bring it up and all the rest of it, like, up. Get on the host. It's his fault. You had him on there. So uh, I was for sure going to bring that up because I think that's another one that's super important. White people do not need anonymity to practice white supremacy racism. We talked about that. The racial if they had facial recognition, they could go back and just lots of folks could be identified as racist. No question about it. Let's see. What else was I going to bring up? White genetic annihilation. So the second sound clip that we heard, he was talking to Dr. Cliff Gaynard. Wow, I was looking forward to talking about that. One of his colleagues at the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay, he said he was talking about the link between anger and fear. And he said that he thinks sometimes anger is not the primary emotion, that this anger is coming from something else. Fear. He said not always, but he's seen this is the case frequently. The anger is coming from fear. And then he went right to the grandsister. I was going to ask him, are you familiar with uh, general and child psychiatrist Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, because he's a, a psychologist, Dr. Uh, Martin Ryan, or Ryan Martin. I was going to ask him if he was familiar with her work. Never know. But his guest, Dr. Gaynard, he went right to white genetic annihilation. Did you hear what he said? He said uh, that this fear of immigration and black people taking vengeance for their mistreatment and the shifting demographics we're reading countdown right now infertility rates amongst the white people not having enough white children even folks saying is that connected to Roe versus Wade Dr. Welsing talked about that Jane Elliott talked about that on the program saying yes white genetic annihilation is connected to this white people now we got to get rid of this abortion like we got to do as much as we can to retain as many white babies as possible we can't be getting rid of white children but Dr. Gaynard was saying fear even though there's no evidence of black people carrying out vengeance for white supremacy racism fear in my view the underlying fear it's not that it's white genetic analogy because he said it with the demographics and, and when he's talking about immigration they're not talking about immigration from north of the border they're talking about non-white where are those Haitians at get my lasso and yeah, go out and lash someone 
white genetic annihilation uh, even from uh, when they continued uh, in that segment he talked about all the uh, fear uh, the demographic component uh, and how all of that's changing I even said I didn't even include all of it he said that he saw some of these uh, same elements in Nazi Germany that's how Adolf Hitler came to power I said oh my gosh like that's Dr. Welsing totally like she went to uh, Germany to study she always told us study Nazi Germany study Nazi Germany if you want to understand white supremacy racism study Nazi Germany Uh, but he went right to that once he pivoted and began talking about uh, the white genetic annihilation he just wasn't using that term but I was super looking forward to talking to him about that uh, to see his thoughts on that Um, let's see trying to pick out other main talking points uh, and again all of that white people are not ignorant about racism I know these are college professors but I mean you can't be classified as white and then be ignorant about the family business it just doesn't work that way even Fredo from the Godfather father he is not the what do they say the 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 sharpest knife in the drawer he still has some understanding of the family business even Fredo uh, I was going to ask him about Al Sharpton. Why are white people always mad at Al Sharpton? Do you have a theory on that? Why are they Why are they always angry? You heard how they talked about him all the way through the Ahmad Arbery uh, trial. Why Why are they always mad at that? And Jesse Jackson too. They got both of them. Uh, they got two for doing the trial. Asked to have clergy thrown out of the court. Let's see. He mentioned he used the concept anger as a tool of oppression when he was speaking with uh, Dr. Christine Smith uh, when she was saying that white people or non-white people are supposed to be the oppressed are supposed to be happy and entertaining and he pivoted from that and he said that anger is used as a tool uh, of oppression I was hoping to get clarification on that Uh, 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 and then just white rage I was going to bring up Carolyn Anderson's book Uh, And I just there's in my view, there's no way you can adequately if you're researching anger. Now, a lot of his research is about the constructive components of anger and what using anger in a healthy manner, uh, which is interesting. I'm not sure you could have too many black people, if any, who function in that manner, who are encouraged to study anger and then talk about how it's a great thing to be angry. Like, whoa. I'm not sure. At any rate, that's what uh, a lot of his work is around. But in my view, there's no way you can be an anger researcher in this time period with the way that white people have conducted themselves over the past year. Like just he's in Wisconsin. That's right there next to Michigan. Ethan Crumbly. I go suspected terrorist, 15 year old white teen Ethan Crumbly facing terrorism charges in the same state where within the last year a white militia group was going to kidnap the governor that's what I mean it can't just be we're angry or even men are angry I didn't see any niggers in the group that was going to kidnap the governor of Michigan none it was all white dudes if you want to talk about anger we have to be very I was going to ask him about that the conduct of white people because I was going to ask him I haven't seen any videos, news reports, podcasts, YouTube videos, TikToks, nothing 
uh, of a unruly mob of black parents at a school mad about the Rona policy. Either way, mad because they don't have masks, mad because they do have masks, mad because they have nothing or anything else for that. But I haven't seen a, a mob of parents upset about the use of the N word or critical race theory. None of that. Just white people and hordes of them. Just white people, what they call air rage. I was going to say that should be white air rage. I haven't seen any reports of black people getting on a plane and cutting a full anywhere in the world, really. None. I'm not wearing a mask. You're not going to tell me where to sit down, Ned. Why don't you hire some more black people at this airport? None of that. Just white people. That should be identified as such. And then. Why is that? If that's true, because I was going to ask him, are you seeing the same thing? Have you seen any white people or excuse me, any non-white people out in droves or even a small group uh, out being unruly and they're upset about the mask? What we heard in California, you get out of here, go back to your country trying to tell us to wear a mask or not wear a mask. Either one. Have you seen that? And if not, if this is something that is specific to what whites are doing, why is that? We've all the entire world has been going through the Rona crisis for the last year. So it can't I mean, we all, you know, have had anxiety about that. And do I want a booster shot? And I don't want it. And am I going to get in trouble? And blah, blah, blah. All the rest. I mean, what's so special about what white people are enduring that's causing them to behave like this? I was going to ask him that as an anger researcher. Why don't you have podcasts about that? Anywho, but he reneged. So I didn't get an opportunity have to see maybe we can reach out to some other folks to uh, get because I have been looking forward to talking about white people and their anger the term I've been saying it for a year now white defiance almost two years white defiance that's right in the same wheelhouse uh, exact same conversation really white people being angry and I really I was hoping if we could get that in an hour because I think I'm not grasping totally what it means to be white I think totally white genetic annihilation, fertility and all that. The demographics, they released the census numbers earlier about the shrinking, allegedly white population. I think all that is totally legitimate in terms of white anxiety and fear. Dr. Welsing brilliantly deconstructed all of that. However, uh, it just I mean, this seems a bit more that 15 year old Ethan Crombie is charged with terrorism. the air rate we weren't having all of that before this just seems a bit above and beyond uh what white people have been doing before unless i'm in error maybe i'm not you know observing everything accurately um but yeah why why is that what is what is motivating all this and as i stated i think at some level this is maybe evidence that i don't uh accurately understand what it means to be white Uh, i think if you're classified as white you don't have people telling you what to do especially with your body you never have people telling you what to do with your body and so to have that and even sometimes under the threat of being uh terminated uh, i guess that is you know quite a a deviation from the typical treatment that individuals classified as white uh enjoy uh expect anywhere in the known universe me being a victim of racism where I'm just constantly told what to do and how to do it and when and all the rest of it. Like, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's difficult for me to, to grasp and, and being allowed to be angry as someone who's not allowed to go out and have tantrums and 
get on an airplane and stomp and threaten everyone's life that's on board and I'm not going to wear a mask and all the rest of what we have seen yeah I guess it's difficult for me to grasp all of that anywho um, wish we had got him on the program he reneged that is what it means to be white um, I can say man I super value my time if you know getting doing these programs or what have you was just something where um, I could roll out of bed in the morning and then go do the program like oh okay it would probably well, I would still be disgruntled because like I was all prepared and everything to broadcast but like all of the programs that we do to do that audio segment that you heard and then to go and have to listen uh, to the podcast or normally would be reading someone's book or maybe both uh, and all of that like that takes time and then to try to organize questions and prepare like what are we going to talk about and what themes and all of that like I super value my time I've encouraged uh, for years now victims of racism like really put a high value on your time and energy not one person in the known universe has infinite time it's all super finite and as we have seen over these last two years acutely we probably don't have as much time as we would like to have uh, and that time can end abruptly Chadwick Boseman was thinking about, can somebody inform me I saw like a trailer for the Matrix the, the one that's supposed to be coming out most recently and it looked like it might be Chadwick Boseman but then I thought that can't be but then I thought again like they probably did a lot of filming before he transitioned maybe it is him and then they got all the computer graphics and all the rest of it so is Chadwick Boseman in the new Matrix maybe I just didn't look at it correctly which could totally be possible I didn't watch it like five or ten times or anything uh, but either way, Chadwick Boseman not here with us uh, anymore. Man, that time can end abruptly. None of us is promised tomorrow. So really value your time and energy. Uh, I've said that for years. If you're a victim of racism, got this from Mr. Josh Wicket. If you have plans or some sort of date, I don't mean like male, female sex thing, just we have agreed this specific time on this specific day to rendezvous at this point to do X, Y, and Z that is super constructive. Uh, if that is the case, make sure you honor it. Uh, victims of racism, white supremacy, we have so many problems and so many things to do. And race soldiers use so much of our time that many of us just don't have adequate time and energy to get things done on a regular basis. So super extra super value on your time and energy that uh, is why I'm uh, super to talk about angry disgruntled uh, with Dr. Ryan Martin could have been doing other things with my Monday plotting a trip to the beach or anything anywho uh, lame Dr. Martin his uh, workplace number is 920-465-2322 if anyone would like to leave him a voice message to let him know you are tacky and trifling suspected race soldier uh, reneging and wasting our time 920-465-2322 
Dr. Ryan Martin, who's actually the dean for the College of Arts, Human Humanities and Social Sciences. Since he's a psychologist, I was super interested in asking him uh, about the APA's lame apology that they just gave. I know Dr. Welsing would have been interested about that, too. Uh, just finally on him being a dean, that would also mean, hey, you are all about meetings and having appointments with people and doing things in a correct manner. Again, that would mean that you would know. Let me ask any pertinent information before I commit to this meeting. Let me get that up front, not minutes before the meeting is supposed to start. Doesn't get any better than tacky. Anywho, uh, let's see. Uh, we will be here. Count so much white genetic annihilation. We are finishing Countdown, which is uh, the book by Shauna Swan, which is about the dropping fertility rates for males and females. That has been such a pleasantly surprising book. Not that I, you know, expected to loathe it or anything. Uh, it just has been different from what I expected. I'm not sure exactly what I thought it was going to be about because I'd heard her, the author, uh, Shauna Swan, speak about the book before. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit, I had no idea. Whiskey dick and alcohol and pharmaceutical drugs, cannabis. I had no idea that those were going to be such important themes uh, in the book and how they too are a part of the dropping fertility rates and people having difficulties conceiving and or health problems. Uh, but it has been very uh, informative to read uh, quite stimulating in terms of thought and it's short we are concluding it this week so if you've not followed along or what have you uh, we're done but it's in the archives so might be worth your time and energy I've said the whole time that we've been reading it like wow if Dr. Welsing were with us she would have this book I'm like certain of it she would have this book and she'd be encouraging uh, folks at the Welsing Institute, read this book, Countdown. She's talking right about it right here. Boom, boom, boom. The demographics and blah, blah, blah. And she, she said uh, the fertility treatments by 20, she said by 2050 that the bulk of individuals, couples, males and females, if they're looking to procreate, they're going to need help of some sort. In vitro fertilization, freezing eggs, something not just going to be able to do it the old fashioned way we hit the bedroom and whammo things are getting that dire that's her prediction in the text but I mean lots of folks have been saying this for some time including Dr. Francis Cress Welsing but we will wrap things up with uh, with the book Thursday 8pm Eastern 5pm Pacific um, always nice to end the book I knew it was short going in but just man like for a book I'm enjoying like to be wrapping up this quickly it is a little bit of a bummer however next Thursday that means we get to start a new book I think the book that we're starting next week should be lucky uh, they had talk about anger they had in a number of mainstream publications Alice Siebold she's a white woman she allegedly you have to wait till we get to the book allegedly she is a victim of rape by a black male allegedly she did not see her attacker or identify him at the time of the rape sometime later according to what's in the book her testimony she's out in public she sees a black male he smiles boom she says this is the guy this is the rapist and of course this black male gets convicted 
He was probably looking angry. Years later, uh, they don't have DNA at the time all this happened and blah, blah, blah. So years later, turns out, uh-oh, this is not the rapist and this guy who by this time he's been convicted and served all this time and probably been, you know, terrorized in prison, sodomized and all the rest of it. So by this point, he's been released, served his time, you know, uh, debt to society paid, as they say. Turns out, whoops, shouldn't have been a debt to begin with because you never raped this woman. They did the DNA test and nope, not the guy. Apparently, Siebold, she had a book that she had written about all of this that was supposed to come out like, I don't know, sometime this year. Um, I don't remember if they put an exact date on it. It was supposed to come out sometime soon. Then they found out like, oh, wait a minute. The guy that you wrote this book about and went to court and testified, he's innocent. Since she did, uh, like Ryan, uh, Dr. Uh, Ryan Martin, uh, my bad. I know it's kind of late. Day late, dollar short, as they say, but uh, my bad. Uh, she, she, was, she was real passive in the way, like the same way that they don't say they practice racism, they say they got white privilege. She was real passive in saying she played for the role that she played. I think that's how she phrased, phrased it. The role that I played. And having you unjustly convicted, like you identified me as a rapist from literally walking past me in the street. Like what? <laughs> and you just my bad. That's it. And 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 if they had waited like, I don't know, it's seemingly days. I got a copy of the book. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, it must have been super, super close to publication is all I could say because I got a copy of the book. So, yeah, I mean, this is not like some manuscript and they were, you know, twiddling their thumbs and we got to think it over. Like, this must have been, I don't know if it was going to be like a Christmas release. You need a stocking stuffer, black rapist, <laughs> one of those. And there's so many of these books. I told you, uh, Dr. Curry, you talk, used to mention it all the time, picking cotton Matthew Cotton, black male rapist, that one, uh, the white woman alleged rapist and the black male who was wrong, wrongfully convicted of rape. And I think he had to serve like 11 years or something. They even sent him out of state. I think that crime happened in North Carolina, Mr. Reed's neighborhood. He was convicted. They sent him to like Tennessee or something like make it way difficult for his family to visit. In fact, if my memory is accurate, it's Christmas time. Once they moved him to Tennessee, his family, the attempted family, they're trying to do the best that they can to preserve those connections. That's so important. They have all this data about how there's a lower recidivism rate and much lower likelihood of repeat offenses. Uh, if inmates, if they can maintain that family connection and oh, okay, I can see my offspring or see my wife or spouse or whatever it is, uncle's mother, whatever. I can see those people and know I have people that care about me, folks, something to go back to that, you know, will get them on the straight and narrow, as they say. Uh, nah. They send Matthew Cotton way out of state. So it's like something loony, like a six hour drive. And, you know, these prisons all dip generally in like really rural areas that are isolated. It's not, you know, close to anything. So 
his family if memory so i have to see maybe if folks have any thoughts they want to share i'll see if i have time to look in the book but i believe it was christmas his family attempted did make the drive all the way from north carolina to tennessee where he's incarcerated six hours whatever it is they drive there they want to bring him some food and all the rest of it some love contact they get there and it's ah nah he violated the prison policy get out of here no visitors and they're like uh, can i give them get out of here i said what what i just wasting your time now i gotta turn around and drive back six hours all in one day and didn't get to see anybody Picking cotton, stocking stuff for ideas if you need book about books about black male rapists. They got bunches of them, bunches and bunches and bunches and bunches, more than you could ever read. Uh, Native Son, remember that one? Bunches of books about the black male rapists. They just pile them up. Uh, let's see. Folks have any uh, thoughts again? We had Dr. Martin Renig. was hoping folks could get a chance to ask some questions. Always great to polish our skills questioning suspected racists. Uh, I was looking forward to that as well uh, and discussing one of my favorite topics, white defiance, but uh, we missed out for the day. Uh, let's see. Uh, our caller 2262. 2262. Did you have commentary? You should be with us. Hmm. Oh, interesting. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Gus, for taking my call. Um, greetings, everybody on the line. And yes, I am really bummed out this time around. Um, I was actually enthusiastic about uh, speaking to uh, uh, you don't do any name calling here, but his act was shiftless. So shiftless, Dr. Ryan Martin. Um, I was enthusiastic about asking some questions, so I formulated about six questions to ask him, but you know, unfortunately I won't be able to ask him that this time around. Uh, do you think that you may have him on at a later date, Gus, or? Uh, I'm real picky about my time. Um, yeah, I'm real picky about my time. Like, <laughs> I could just say that again. Uh, I would not be leading to it. I mean, there are lots of white people to talk to, um, to go through all. Like I said, he could, if, if the concern was legitimate, like, hey, I just don't do programs uh, where I don't have information about who I'm going to be, be speaking to and I need more data about the platform, maybe let me hear a broadcast or two. That's totally legitimate. We could have done that last month when we had our initial contact, not waiting literally T minus 60 until we go live. So. Yeah, that's pretty tacky. I generally don't do a lot of wasting time with people who have like egregious acts of tackiness and or people who can like that's pretty high just for me in terms of time investment. When people cancel the day of a program, it's got to be like somebody died in the family medical emergency. Um, car accident like super and even then I still kind of have a stank eye like I hope you get through the funeral we'll reschedule <laughs> like I'm joking I, don't, I can't think oh I think we have had some people I guess I shouldn't laugh because we have had some people who have had to cancel for that reason but I mean even when it's like a legit you know totally reasonable 
uh, and totally un- unplanned emergency that causes that sort of disruption even then it's like oh I've wasted all that time and everything but this sort of thing like oh yeah right it's other white people on the planet we can talk to them and whatever else but we, we will see I, I would not hold my breath put it that way I guess something could happen <laughs> that could make me reconsider but woo, definitely no time soon Yeah, um, I get that. And you're absolutely right, Gus, about the time-wasting thing. Um, I've been noticing that lately about my time as well, you know, trying to be more astute and more more, uh, efficient with my own time. And I want to also comment briefly about the, I guess, prospective book Lucky and, I guess, the, the black male who was in prison. How long was he in prison for off of the accusation? making me do some work today let's see let's see i posted this report on my facebook page facebook.com the problem is white people thankfully i will use my page uh should be pretty recent uh i solicited the only reason that i think we're reading this book is because we had volunteers who said that they wanted to uh read there is no audio that's why i said i think this book was going to be like a big major release like the way they do uh john grisham and Harry Potter, I guess, you know, any other books. Um, so there probably was going to be like an audio book and everything else that they do. So her name, Alice Siebold, S-E-B-O-L-D. Uh, and the book is Lucky. I cannot wait. I said, that. why is a book that is about a black male who was wrongfully convicted of rape and had to serve time in prison, full sentence, wrongfully, why is that book titled Lucky? I cannot wait for that. I can't wait. I'm enjoying Countdown, so I'm a little bummed that we're finishing that. But it's like, eh, glass half full, glass half empty, something good on the horizon. So let's see. Uh, this is from the LA Times. Let's see, was brutally raped. 1981, Siebel was brutally raped while a freshman in college. The man she accused, Anthony Broadwater, served 16 years in prison. cleared of all charges yeah wow 16 years and uh there's always uh i guess the same about people who commit these types of acts when they go to uh greater confinement how they are especially treated um uh incorrectly in prison i mean even by other non-white black uh uh prisoners treat them especially wrong because of the the, the crime the crime against children or against females just it, it's the highest levels of absurd and and that's all i had to say gus thank you for taking my call and the war efforts continue until justice until justice much obliged good sir hopefully we'll have other white people on to discuss uh the Matrix is coming out, man. For people who have been longtime listeners of the cows, like way back when we started, like literally the first few days that the cows existed, when we came back on the air in 2009, we talked about The Matrix, even though at that time it had been years since all the films had came out. That's like the basis of Dr. Kevorkian's book, 
Color Monitors, the black face of technology in America. He's been a guest on the program many, 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 many times over the years. You've probably had more minis on top of that. He was with us last year. We said way back in 2009, they'll probably do another Matrix. Assume correctly, that's way too much money. And they, they don't really make anything new in the system. They just you know recycle and reuse and just do the same thing over and over and over. Uh, we said they'll probably do this again. So when they do... We'll be able to discuss. The hope was that we would have justice established. We have failed. So, since it's about to come back out, I said, man, we should have him back on the program once we've both seen the film to discuss, see if it follows the same pattern uh, in his book. He says the general trope, the non-machines, uh, or excuse me, the machines represent non-white fear of white genetic annihilation. There's so many of them. Uh, but the machines represent non-white people in the Matrix and all the other Terminator, all the other sci-fi films and narratives of white supremacy racism. But that is his general theory. Um, we'll see if it continues in the latest installment. And maybe we'll see if that is indeed Chadwick Boseman in the new installment. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, I'm just I'm scrolling down a little bit and then I'll see if any other folks have comments they want to get in. Uh from the LA Times article this is about Alice Seabold Lucky Mr. Broadwater who unjustly served 16 years and apparently this book will be revised so it says there is a persistent use of the exculpatory passive voice for one thing so Seabold wrote I will forever be sorry for what was done to him passive voice passive but not what I did not me falsely identifying him and all that the cognitive dissonance I found most gallingly in Siebel's implication that she could not have known about the racial disparities in the treatment of the accused in the early 1980s American society is starting to acknowledge and address the systemic issues in our judicial system that too often means that justice for some comes at the expense of others I don't know what that means but it's super convoluted Siebold writes Unfortunately, this was not a debate or a conversation or even a whisper when I reported my rape in 1981. Are you flipping serious? Dr. King and all that. Nah, you didn't hear anything about racism being a problem. Angela Davis has already been out publishing books and everything. You didn't hear anything. Nothing about this being a problem. Supreme Court cases and all that civil rights movement this is not like a white teenager who's saying this like ignorance every time white ignorance that will end up being the justification for all kinds of acts I just didn't know about you know white ignorance and just from the book club as well this year we read Geronimo Pratt's biography they talked about at that time this is like 19. 70s they already had information then about it being unreliable when you have witnesses in a criminal trial they can be unreliable with regards to doing what they call a cross racial identification meaning getting a white person and they're supposed to be a witness and say oh yes I witnessed this person commit a crime and the person is a black person or a non-white person notoriously bad at being able to identify all the Negroes look alike and apparently cross-racial trans uh, identifications are really bad for everybody apparently black people picking out a white person like that are bad too and I guess other so-called racial groups are all bad at this so 
that information has been known for a while. Nobody brought that up or anything like, man, is this another one of those all the Negroes look alike type things? No, none of that. Just another ignorant white person. Uh, let's see. I'll check if any other folks have comments they want to get in. They're uh, being disgruntled. Didn't get an opportunity to question uh, a white person. Uh, I guess since we brought up the Seabold case, if folks have thought about thoughts about that, they can share that too. Uh, or if they would like to volunteer to read, always need a narrator or five. Uh, many hands make light work. Drop me an email until justice at gmail.com if you would like to volunteer to read. Lucky, I am so excited. Gee whiz. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up. Greetings, Gus. Greetings, callers and listeners. Oh uh, yeah, I was. Um, I always look forward when when you have um, white guests on, and um, really, really lame how how he just canceled uh, so abruptly, but not not surprising. Um, very tacky. Um, and um, with, with the regards to Alice Seabold, um, I didn't even connect the dots. Like, why why is this book um, named called like titled Lucky? Who, who's lucky in this scenario? And um, yeah, it, I think it's really tragic. Um, um, what I've been um, seeing um, Anthony Brightwater say, uh, um, and um, I have an article here where um, he says um, Anthony Brightwater says it must have taken a lot of courage to come to turn and make that apology, um, and, and he and he and he also communicated that um, the apology meant uh, a lot to him, but you know. These, these apologies, from my understanding, don't mean squat if one doesn't get compensation and how, how to compensate one for 16 years and during the confinement. I don't know. I really don't. But, um, yeah, and, and there's just a lot of imagery with um, him um, crying, um, plastered around by very, on various articles, which – probably makes sense, you know, uh, it, it could be, be uh, tears of uh, rejoice, you know, being, um, getting some sort of, um, not justice, far, far, far from justice, but some sort of um, acknowledgement that uh, a grave error was made and um, a white woman is to blame. And, and she's saying some very lame things as well. Um, and this article is from uh, Sarah Syracuse.com. She she's saying that. Um, let me let me read it. Uh, where is it? Yeah, she said I will continue to struggle with the role that I unwittingly played within a system that sent an innocent man to jail. So she's um, placing um, the the blame. <laughs> on, on the system, which is is correctly to blame, but she she kind of um, not blaming uh, herself, you know? She says, she's, she's like, oh, I didn't know that I was, she's, she's like pretending to be ignorant to the fact that what she did sent this black male to greater confinement. And it's what, I, it's what I'm seeing here. Um, so yeah, white woman, um, super, super deceptive. Um, I, I really appreciate that you're always, um, you know, pointing out that, hey, it's not just white men, it's racist men and racist women who, who are um, practicing and, and maintaining the system of white supremacy. And um, I, I think I think that's about that. I need my line. Much obliged. Much obliged. Racist man, racist woman, 
racist child. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to reading Lucky. Just a little thing. That's why I think you know reading is more important than watching television. You get to use your brain computer. Not that you can't do that with watching television. You totally can. But I think there are a lot of properties about television viewing. She talks about that in Countdown Couch Potato Lifestyle. She said television viewing specifically, they've done studies that is also connected to lower sperm counts. And they don't even know why. They said because it's not just the sitting people that sit in an office all day long they don't show the same adverse impacts to fertility, although that's not healthy either. Uh, But sitting and watching television has some sort of physiological impact that they haven't even grasped, or at least they're not sharing. But either way, your brain computer, I think, can be a little lazier when you're watching television. Not so much with reading, but I think that's one exit or one component. Uh, When you're reading, you can think, yeah, why is a book about an alleged black male rapist titled Lucky? Whom is Lucky, as you said, in this scenario? Lucky how? That will be a question, and we can think about that the whole time as we're reading the book. Why is this book even called that? Uh, incidentally, I do accuracy I say strive for accuracy on a pretty regular basis so the book is picking cotton our our memoir of injustice and redemption (laughs) so they take turns Uh, the white woman who was allegedly raped she writes one chapter and then the black male who was wrongfully convicted he writes a chapter Uh, I said that they booted him from North Carolina to Tennessee which they did And I said it was like a six hour drive. I was incorrect. Uh, I'll just read a little bit from the book. It reads, my mother and father were getting on in the years as they were failing in health. Imagine that would not be able to make the 11 hour drive to Tennessee very easily for a two hour visit. Let me say that again. So 11 hour drive to Tennessee for a two hour visit. Even if their health were better, it took money to travel that far. Money my family didn't have. Surprise. I don't want to go, sir. I said the decision of the Raleigh committee is not negotiable. What if I refuse? Mr. Cotton, whether or not you sign these papers, you will be handcuffed, shackled, and if need be, lifted up and placed on that plane to Tennessee. That is what domination looks like. That is not privilege. That is white power. The Department of Corrections didn't care that a move out of state would make it impossible for my family to visit and that those visits helped me survive like a pinball. I'd already been shot back and forth up and down the state to four different prisons. And now that I finally had some new attorneys making some progress on my case, they were shipping me out so I couldn't receive visits from them either. As a consolation, they promised we'd have daily phone privileges in Tennessee. So within a few months, they shackled me, handcuffed me and put a chain through my belt loop so that my handcuffs were connected to my leg shackles. I shuffled out to a big old gray goose bus, but we drove and we drove out to Raleigh Durham Airport out on the tarmac. A plane waited for us. As I got off the bus, I noticed the side of the plane. It said Express One. 
I will stop there. 11 hour drive and all of this for a black male wrongfully convicted of rape. I think he served over a dozen years before uh, they figured out. Oh, yeah, he also was innocent. Uh, Let's see. Uh, If any other folks comments that they would like to share star six one uh we'll get you on the line oh folks in alabama roll tide see some of the folks here uh so i also i do have lucky as i said they said that this book i guess is not going to be shelved they're going to do some sort of revision to this book i don't even want to read the revision to see what sort of tacky statement they add after the exoneration maybe they let him write the foreword or something i'd rather read it as is uh so this is page one I remember I read like a paragraph. All it took was a paragraph is me finding out this book existed that I could get a copy of it, even though that they were pulling it. And then I read like a paragraph. I was like, oh, yeah, this <laughs> let's read this. Let's read this. Let me see. Was it the first? I think it was the very first page. Let me see. Let me see. Let's see. Oh, yeah, this is it. This is it. This is it. Uh, I guess we could take a bunch of them, but let me see. I'll read this one just because this has some clues to to what I said before. All right. It's uh, she says he moved aside and stood up, raised his pants, zipped them. Of course, of course, he said, I'll help you. I had begun to let myself shake again. You're cold, he said. Here, put these on. He held my underwear out to me in a way a mother would for a child. By the sides of it, I was supposed to stand up and step in. I crawled over toward my clothes, put my bra on as I sat on the ground. Are you okay? He asked. His tone was amazing to me, concerned, but I didn't stop to think of it then. All I knew is it was better than it had been. I stood up and took my underpants from him. I put them on, almost falling for my lack of balance. I had to sit on the ground to put my pants on. I was worried about my legs. I couldn't seem to control them. He watched me as I inched my pants up. His tone switched. You're going to have a baby, bitch, he said. What are you going to do about it? I realized this could be a reason to kill me any evidence I lied to him please don't tell anyone I said I'll have an abortion please don't tell anyone my mother would kill me if she knew about this please I said no one can know about this my family would hate me please don't talk about this he laughed all right he said thank you I said I stood now and put my shirt on it was inside out can I go now? I asked. Come here, he said. Kiss me goodbye. It was a date to him. For me, it was happening all over. I kissed him. Did I say I had free will? Do you still believe that? He apologized again. This time he cried. I'm so sorry, he said. You're such a good girl. A good girl, like you said. I'll stop there. The abortion thing, I'd already mentioned that today. This is all from uh, the first chapter. I had pondered reading this myself. 
I do not think I would be a good fit to read this book. I think I would struggle to laugh. I know, and it shouldn't be any laugh. Like people should do professional job, all that, just like, you know, professional narration. Uh, but one of the, when I posted this online, one of the folks responded and said, do you believe she was raped to begin with? And I said, there is a long history. Carolyn Dunham Bryant to kill a mockingbird that is fiction well in a manner of speaking uh, there is a long history of white women lying about being raped by a black male so I don't know and then we got an exoneration like <laughs> I don't know like uh, that was another reason why I said let's read the book let's read the book <laughs> like woo. even from the section that I just read got to read it but yeah I do not think I could read this book I would not be serious and then I wouldn't want to have to do it seems like it's from a white woman's perspective I would not want to do all the voicing for a white woman I think we have lots of white women uh, volunteers so that would be great they could do the narrating and uh, just don't snicker hopefully yeah they'll be serious they'll have a serious tone professional uh, reading and then we can comment and study as we go uh, let's see Iris should be with us as well. Do you have commentary to share? Yes, maybe her. Oh, yes, sir. I got can confused about. Yes, sir. We can hear you as well. Sorry about that. Yes. Yes. Good evening, Gus. Good evening, listeners and callers. Um, this is Dread 138. I'm one of the volunteers for the reading. And I just first off want to say that appreciation for the time and energy you put forth because I um, find it quite challenging to um, create the audio file for this, um, for this book. And um, I just would like to offer uh, uh, offer additional commentary about the scrutiny for this book is due to is, um, an upcoming film adaptation. I think that's why they um, wound up pulling, pulling the book from the shelves. And then I would uh, two questions, I guess, um, two questions, a question and a comment about that. And um, I wonder if anybody wants to chime in on that. Should Mr. Broadwater pursue litigation? Would he be, would he be successful? And then, like I said, building off what you, the um, L.A. Tom article that you posted, um, where the author said that she should be providing some uh, funding or providing material support for a foundation. And I thought to myself, if she was truly contrite, she would give material compensation directly to Mr. Broadweather for the, the um, for any past sales of his books. And then the last thing I wanted to offer was um, add to your list of uh, white women who were supporting and maintaining white, white supremacy that Mr. Um, Young man, uh, Crumley's mom offered uh, support in a post to President Trump. And I'll meet my wife. <laughs> uh, she's in greater confinement right now, too. Like, uh, that's so embarrassing on so many levels. Um, yeah, racist. <laughs> Say it again. Racist man. Racist woman. 
racist child, whole family in greater confinement. And they're all in different cells. I love that, too. They didn't even put them all in the same cell. Uh, if I can be of any assistance with making the audio recordings, let me know. Um, I, buddy, I know that can be some trouble at times. Tell me about it. Uh, but if I can be of any uh, help with all that, yeah, let me know. And uh, I don't know what program you're trying to use to do the recording, but yeah, just drop me an email and uh, I would be happy to help. Narrating can be tough work. Uh, that's why I've said for years, gosh, I hate narrating, like hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> like uh, I tried to do one per year and that's it. I did Geronimo Pratt, uh, last man standing. I did that one by myself. So, whew. but yes, try to do one a year and that's uh Man, sometimes that is tough sledding, but much obliged to you and all the other folks who volunteered Johnny on the spot. Hopefully this will be a uh, constructive book. I had such a, I don't even know what the correct term, uh, conniption maybe? There's <laughs> supposed to be a film adaptation of Lucky? Are you serious? <laughs> like it's 2022, that's what we need. We need to see another raping black male movie who didn't even rape us. <sighs> Woof, man, oh, man, <laughs> replace white supremacy with justice immediately. And if it was going to be adapted before they had evidence that Mr. Broadwater did not actually do this, like, oh, my God, like, what, what was this one look like? Then? Like, uh, oh, oh, I could die. They should make picking. They should make that a movie too. picking cotton, make that a movie. Just load Netflix up. We can have more raping black male movies that you can shake a stick at metaphor. Uh, let's see. Irie was there. I was not uh, telling stories. Irie should be with us as well. Much obliged, uh, Dread as well. Uh, Irie, are you also there? Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, I was gonna say at first um, that I was gonna ask you to see if you could get the guy back, but when you said like what? two or three times, you know, like your time being wasted. I was like, okay, you know, the moments passed. Um, but it would have been an interesting show. So it was a good pick of a guest, um, especially with what I heard. Um, yeah. Um, but as far as this Seabold lady um, and the title of the book, that when I heard about it, I said, you know, I guess I guess she would name it Lucky. She, she probably got a some type of, um, what do you call that, advance for the book. And then she got whatever her royalties are after. So, yeah, for her, it's lucky. But I would say in consideration to the fact that the wrong person was incarcerated, the book should be dismissed entirely because we don't know now if anything she wrote is true. You know, it's almost like it reminded me about those books we I've heard about white people writing that were total fiction. Like I think there was one, um, a child called it and white guy, you know, it wasn't about black people, but still it was, they found out that he wasn't, uh, abused as a child and made that up. So, I mean, these details that she's probably going to have in the book are probably going to be for lack of a better word, dramatized or, or fabricated and, She's illegitimate now. She does. She <laughs> her integrity is is gone. But um, so I don't know. I mean, 
I also understand that a publisher, especially a white publishing uh, publishing house, isn't going to want to lose money by taking a book like that off the shelf because it's going to be heightened interest uh, probably by people to buy the book before it gets abridged or whatever. Kind of like the same way that white people went out of their way to buy Dr. Seuss books when they found out that they were going to be um, weren't going to be published anymore. Um, you know, they like their they like their uh, racist, you know, crime books and whatnot. So I'm going to be listening for that. Um, that's that's not I'm, that's a metaphor, but. It's criminally insane to me. Um, and honestly, if white people were, you know, all about so-called justice, they would bring her back in and, and re-examine what she said, you know what I'm saying, to make sure she didn't um, file a false report, not saying she wasn't raped, but, like, just the details or something. I mean, we never know. For, for crying out loud, it could have been a consensual in, uh, encounter. I, I'm... I don't want to sound too jaded or whatever, but we just don't know now. And I know that sometimes white women cry rape when they've actually um, consented to sexual activity with black men. I remember there was a young lady that um, went back to an apartment with a young black man in school. I don't remember what state. And apparently he kissed her and some of his saliva ended up on her shirt or her chest and they were able to use that and say that that was rape even though there was no intercourse whatsoever not even so-called you know oral uh penetration from from either one so i i think you know she should be uh as they say canceled that's what i want to say thank you hotel canceled Uh, And that's right about the publishing companies. They do not want to waste or miss out an opportunity for money. Like, ooh, all we got all this free press and all the rest of it. Like, hmm, let's see if we can get it back out in time for Christmas or Black History Month or, you know, something like February is around the corner. Uh, And the movie, like, I'm sure like the movie, like, hey, let's revise the ending. You know, we'll add on a few extra seconds and, you know put Chris Rock at the end of it or something like uh, yeah the hate you give we'll give a plug to that at the end or something and uh, call it a day have President Obama come on and stand with Mr. Broadwater or something gotta get our money man gotta recoup can't have losses on something like this Um, I feel the exact same way though like you know I totally feel people who say hey you know this this, uh, Miss Siebold she could have been raped you know, if someone comes forward and says that they're a victim of rape and you should believe them and blah, blah, blah. We are in a system of white supremacy racism. Uh, this is a white woman. There is a long history of white women lying about it. It's, it's such a part of the canon of white supremacy. That's one of their most bragged about pieces of literature. They still have people that are forced to read To Kill a Mockingbird in colleges and schools across the land so I mean what's the core of that book about lying white woman falsely accusing a black male of rape how many times do we have to have that story told over and over and over and over gotta make a movie about this one too didn't they just have the whole like 
20-part Netflix series on the Central Park Five? What's that about? Didn't retired firefighter, he just said that he shared with the young fellas, the DCS program down there in South Florida, uh, the Brian Banks story. What's that about? I said that years ago. Like, man, is it possible that we can get a book where we do not have to hear about raping black males. I said that back then and somebody, I forgot which book they mentioned, but somebody uh, called in and they suggested a book and it was in that book, uh, in that book as well. Raping black males, like godly, like that's all we got. That's all we could talk about. No count raping black males. In a system of white supremacy racism, the greatest rapist on the planet, racist man, racist woman, racist child, but raping black males and white women lying about this sort of thing. So, yeah, in this case, Sue Ann, because she's a fiction writer. That also I pay attention to the same type of thing with uh, Gail Lukasik. She's a fiction writer When have people that are fiction writers. Now they switch around and say they're going to write nonfiction, meaning now I'm telling true. I'm not making up anything. All of this is for real, for real, for reals now. And the stuff that they're writing for real about happens to be racism. That I always give a lot of suspicion. Like, whoa, we're going to have to really closely evaluate this. Like you by trade write things that are not true. That's what you do. That's fiction. Now, all of a sudden, you're switching that up to write about racism and keep it real. And as you said, we already know at minimum you were wrong at minimum, even if it was you came out, you had correct intentions. You were raped. Unfortunately, it was a black person who did it. Maybe this guy looks like him or for whatever reason you were confused into thinking this could have been the person you were wrong. That at minimum, let's give closer scrutiny. looking and this is for sure one I've said it like for years but just to make sure I do not support purchasing white people's books uh, about racism they should not earn like a shilling like not a half a pecan for writing about the system of white supremacy racism and certainly not this book so yeah I didn't pay for my copy nobody should pay if you want a hard copy if you just want to listen along no worries but uh, if you want an actual hard copy of the book, uh, I was going to say email, but urgh, I hate that. <laughs> More things to do. But yeah, definitely do not pay. Well, I guess you shouldn't be able to. It should. They said they pulled it, so it should be impossible for you to pay for this book. So that should already be taken care of. Uh, did any other folks have commentary that they uh, wanted to get in? Let's see. Caller nine zero two nine nine zero two nine. Sorry, Irie. I said perhaps, perhaps I could, you know, change my mind if something amazing happens at some point about inviting the guest back. Because I, I too thought he had interesting commentary. That's why I wanted to talk to him in the first place. But man, time is important. Uh, let's see. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Uh, greetings, Gus. Greetings, callers and listeners. Just, um, yeah, it was a disappointment. I um, came home. I was dialed in 10 minutes before the 
The only thing I will say is at the end of the day, I did appreciate that segment with, um, you know, Nelly Foley Jr. It was really informative. I've heard something similar that what he spoke about from the Black Panthers at one point in one of their books in regards to letting the quote unquote so-called um, servants or so-called slaves become stronger than you. And it was, it was something that stuck with me, but I've never heard Nellie Foley Jr. speak about that before. So that was really, I'm really glad you actually played that. I've, I've never heard anybody articulate it. And I'm surprised that more people don't go into that and divest into that conversation as well within our so-called community, because it's something that I think we should pay attention to. Um, as far as the so-called guests coming on, I mean, <sighs> I mean, it's you probably got a long list of people like this, and um, it's just a waste of time. You know, um, I had it all tuned in. My son was here. My girlfriend was here, and it, it just didn't work out, but that that's okay. We'll find another one or something better, hopefully, down the line. But, um, again, thank you, Gus, for your time and energy, man. It's, it's You know, it, it happens, but still important information in the segment and as you spoke later on. I'll mute my line. Dang. Had the attempted family care makers there and offspring. Wow. Uh, hopefully we will have uh, more opportunities soon uh, to have white guests on the program uh, to talk and maybe even about some of these same concepts because I think that's important and just at minimum uh, the fact that there are white people who are regularly talking. All you would need is white genetic annihilation. They just weren't using that phrase, but I mean, saying almost verbatim Dr. Welsing's theory. You don't want to hear anything about white people are ignorant. They don't understand racism, white supremacy. Nothing could be further from the truth. And white women can't have a wouldn't have Ethan Crumbly uh, if it wasn't for racist man, racist woman racist child uh incidentally i do want to say before we uh if any other folks have commentary that they want to share star six one the number seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate i'm so thankful for every second uh that i spent at the beaches this summer in seattle uh, had people who wrote in uh, who said that, uh, you know, quite frankly, Gus, I am not interested uh, in hearing any more of your commentary uh, about the beach, what beaches you've been to and how cool they are and all that other nonsense. <laughs> like We're in the middle of the Rona and got other problems. I feel you. Um, however, this is Seattle. It is not beach weather all the time, certainly not year round for the folks, retired firefighter and folks down in Florida and California and I guess uh I guess, yeah, if you're in southern Texas, yeah, you could probably go to the beach. Um, it is not the case. Uh, and in fact, the weather, my goodness, this has been like the worst weather, maybe for the entire year, because we had all those heat waves this summer. It was, 100 to, uh, it was 110 degrees uh, back this summer in June. We had three consecutive 100-degree days. We had another heat wave in August. Then it was 37 degrees in October, which is... I mean, it's typically not 37 degrees in like January and December. 
in Seattle. I don't think it's 37 degrees now. And it was 37 degrees. Like I think like within the first 10 days of October, we had that bomb cyclone. People in California had that too, which was the craziest thing that I've seen in some time. Uh, with all the really hard rain uh, and wind. Uh, they reported in the Seattle Times that this has been the rainiest uh, autumn uh, on record thus far, which I thought I had said, like, even before I saw that report, I had been saying, like, this is the worst weather I've ever experienced for an autumn. Like, as soon as September came, the temperature dropped immediately. Like I've been here when you still get like sunny, warm days, close to 70 degrees Fahrenheit or 69, like upper 60s. No, it was it was 37 degrees in October. It was like daytime highs of 55. Like it was winter weather from like October, late September, right on through. Um, it has been I even looked at the forecast and it looked like they had snow up for a day which is really amazing because it generally doesn't snow here like we just get we get lots of what made today really icky all day long and then our guest reneged lots of overcast like today I don't think the street lights went off in some place I think the street lights were on all day long because uh, you get lots of days where it will rain just enough that you don't even really need an umbrella. You wouldn't even turn the uh, windshield wipers on on your vehicle, but it'll be just enough that things will be a little soggy, but it will be overcast. Like it could rain at any moment. Like that's what it looks like. Overcast, no sun. Uh, You get the exact op. Like in the summertime when I would brag like, oh, it's so pretty and sunny and the sun is up full blast before 5 a.m. in the middle of the summertime because it is and it stays out until almost 10 p.m. You have to have amazing long hours of daylight. You get the exact opposite in the wintertime. Practically no sun. Lots of days like this, like 45 degrees overcast. Could rain any moment. Street lights on all day. You get lots of days like that right on into March, April. So, yes, you have to brag and enjoy the sunshine for the brief period when you can. This is more typical Seattle weather. This is what we have to look forward to. This is why we hit the yoga retreat in Florida in December. Gusty is not a genius, but that was well thought out like months in advance when it hits this time. Woo, it would be really nice to be able to go to Florida for a few days, 80 degrees, feel some sunshine. I will be able to survive until the springtime. Like, man. And then the Rona came and that was that. Did any other folks have thoughts they wanted to share? Can I be heard? Caller in California. Yes, sir. Um, and it's re- I think it's really um, interesting. And uh, you mentioned the, the white woman who was uh, wagging their finger at um, President, I mean, former um, black male who had a title of um, President Obama, Barack Obama. She also wrote a book that was doing really, really poor in sales. And then when um, that thing happened with, with Obama, when she made her comments about Obama being uh, patronizing, uh, during their their meeting, um, the, the sales uh, of that book skyrocketed. So, um, white white women they 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 often they hit the, the tradition the, the tradition and business of white supremacy 
means that um, people mistreating black people, um, name calling black people, lying on black people is very, 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 very profitable. And um, I just thought that was um, was interesting. And uh, what you said reminded me um, of that. Profitable. Profitable. That's a system of racism, white support. They always make mistreating black people profitable. I'm trying, did I remember that? Do I remember that? And he's the white woman is Governor Jan Brewer, not just random white woman off the street. Do I remember that? Where her book, the book, that sounds vaguely familiar. The book, and I'm not surprised about the sales skyrocketing though. Like, oh yeah, we are going to support our white sister. Like she got out there and told that, you see, she told that nigga, I'm buying 20 of her books. Like that does not surprise me at all. But it seems like I would have, remember that we were on the air i know we talked about it quite a bit that's why i said like that is i mean come on (laughs) tell me tell me about patriarchy matter of fact tell me another time where you can in fact where you can show me pictures like this is not something that happened uh what do they call it behind closed doors this happened out on the tarmac where a white woman any woman has her finger, well, there's only one woman on the planet, but any female has her finger aggressively in the finger of the sitting United States president. If you could tell me another time when that happened, wow, I will shut my mouth for the day and, you know, sit down and reconsider some things <laughs> like uh, get it together. But I cannot think of another time. Somebody, some female come and wagging their finger in Ronald Reagan's face. John F. Kennedy's face, Richard Nixon's face, Jimmy Carter's face, George Bush, George H.W. Bush, Joe Biden. Come on, Abraham Lincoln. Come on. Uh, Oh, I would make sure that was one thing because Mr. Ryan was not here today. I did have a little bit more time to chat. I saw, you know, for folks in the States, at least they have the Salvation Army, right? They have the bells for Christmas time and everything. Give a nickel or whatever it is. I literally saw a black male victim of white supremacy. Salvation Army bell bucket, ding, 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 all that. He was wearing a Washington Redskins jacket, not a Washington football team coat a Washington Redskins jacket logo and everything I wanted to take a picture I was so taken aback like whoa I can't believe uh, why are you wearing a Redskins jacket to come on and do the salve and I mean I totally it could totally be just hey this is the only jacket that I have left or this jacket has sentimental value Uh, you know my uncle who passed away gave me this jacket and I wear it to remember him like shame on me for snickering right on Redskins just but it just you know struck me like oh my gosh I can't believe and then anyway but I did see that today that notwithstanding um, countdown for the book club right in line with what we were discussing white genetic annihilation Thursday 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific could have been using our time if Dr. Mark even if he was going to renege 
you didn't tell me. I don't know what platform. He could have done that back when he was confirming at the beginning of the day and or yesterday. If he had done that, I could have used my day to be figuring out other white people to chit chat with. Anywho, a suspected race soldier, Ryan Martin, what it means to be white. Tacky all the way. Uh, I didn't see any other comments or hands up. Any other folks have comments? I didn't see. Uh, Gus? Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to um, add to the um, conversation about black males who have been um, wrongfully um, accused by white women. Um, I want to point out, uh, did anyone remember about Albert Wilson in Kansas? Uh, the, I guess, 18-year-old black male who was accused by a white woman. And they had no rape kit and no um, anything to convict him with. And he was sentenced to 12.5 years in prison. Um, he has a new trial set for February 28th, 2022. And this article from uh, 13 uh, WIBW is saying that a Douglas County judge ordered a new trial in the 2016 case. She ruled that Wilson's previous attorney did not provide effective legal counsel and didn't present evidence that could have strongly led to a different outcome. Following the ruling, the Douglas County District Attorney said she would work with Wilson's new attorney in hopes of resolving the case before the new trial. Reports on that Thursday, the DA office offered Wilson a plea deal. Wilson and his attorney have until September 1st to accept it. A plea deal means Wilson uh, would have to plead guilty or no contest to fewer or lesser charges and agreed upon sentence. I just want to add that to people who may have forgotten about it. Thank you. Well, we're not informed about it to begin with. Much obliged, sir. I mean, it's tons of these cases. Tons of these cases. And then, now imagine that. If you're Matthew Cotton or Mr. Broadwater, Alice Siebold's uh, victim, I'll say. There we go. Um, if you're one of these fellas, Central Park Five, any one of these fellas, and it's, hey, got a new trial. You can take a plea deal. We'll, we'll, we'll say it was forcible touching, we'll say. As opposed, I mean, what? What? Well, you still may have to register as a sex offender. And all the implications of that. And then they'll, they'll turn around within that same milieu and say black male privilege. And, and, and they'll do what our guest, Dr. Ryan Martin, who reneged, they'll talk about anger and patriarchy, the audacity. Males are rewarded for anger as opposed to every time without fail, just in the in the name of accuracy. <laughs> like, man, Brian Banks. I don't think Albert Wilson gets to stomp around and be mad. His family gets to stomp around and be mad and put their finger in somebody's face about the treatment of their family member relative. I don't think that is the case. I haven't seen that. Black people can stomp around and get angry and get things done. White people get to put their finger in somebody's face and get things done. Laws, and when I get things like laws changed or entire black towns bombed and eviscerated. 
a black person locked up for a crime he didn't commit. All kinds of things can happen when white people get angry. Historic number of death threats against a non-white president. All kinds of things can happen. Generally, violence. That is one of the most recurrent themes of white rage. But yeah, we'll see if we can compensate, get a different uh, guest for compensate for this evening. Did anybody else comment here? They wanted to make sure they get in. One last comment. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, having just finished reading um, uh, Ben Tillman's uh, biography by um, Mr. Kantrowitz, talking about the um, scratch the uh, white man deep enough and the savage will emerge. I'm paraphrasing. And I think uh, that's where we can leave it at. I'll leave it at. Thank you. Pitchfork Ben Tillman, the book club. I narrated that. We did all that talking about. Woo! Man, oh man, let me tell you. We read that book, which is not short, by the way, 2015. I narrated that book, Ben Tillman and the Reconstruction of White Supremacy. Uh, I took a vacation. I don't even get vacations. I was able to take a vacation stupid me because I don't get vacations I don't know how to vacation as opposed to saying hey Gus T is on vacation I will holler cows will resume when the vacation is over I'm still broadcasting thinking oh we could be on vacation and hang out chill have a grand old time went to the beach and stuff Uh, can do that and then still just carve out a few hours here and there for the program we were in the book club reading Ben Tillman when I was on vacation I literally remember sitting out it's a beautiful spot we were at all non-white people I'm outside by myself have a blanket beautiful little setup I narrate the section if I looked at the calico I could probably pick out the exact session but I narrate we normally do like 90 minutes of audio time big theme for today do 90 minutes of audio and somehow the audio got corrupted where I said, you know, I'm trying to be professional, all the rest of it had to do the entire 90 minutes again while on vacation. I was so disgusted. <laughs> Talk about like composure and woo, if there's somebody to blame, like, oh, they would have been all kinds of coons that day, too. But there was no one to blame uh, unless it was myself. But I don't even remember what exactly caused the problem. If something wasn't connected or if the computer, I don't even remember what caused it. But I remember I had to do the entire 90 minutes again. Oh, Whew. to put it things in perspective, I was more angry about that than I was today like oh I remember that like wow I was so disgusted like I had to take a good five minutes to go out I didn't have one I was rushed today because I was trying to hurry up and get settled and broadcast so I didn't really have five minutes to do much I just uh, kind of had to we were ready to broadcast uh, but even with that I was way more angry like not even close way more angry of having to ruin 90 minutes of my vacation time where I could have been chilling and prepping to go to the beach and all kinds of 
amazing food the whole time. Like, uh, woo, Ben Tillman ruined my vacation, or at least that little chunk of it, Pitchfork Ben Tillman. But that was really important reading. Reading more important than watching television, for sure. Uh, I said that quote so many times. That's one of the most important quotes uh, that I've read from from the system. I'm not in front of my uh, book. Or I would pull it out. I pulled that one. You scratch the white man deep, deep enough, a savage. Yeah, that's... Uh, ah, I even had it written down in my notes because I went to it so many times. I had it as a highlight on my notes. I have it before uh, we get back on the program at minimum for Thursday. I'll make sure I go back in the notes and pull it out. Anywho, did we nab everybody? Everybody satisfied? Grant, uh, wish uh, we had been able to have our guest on the program, but, you know, system of white supremacy to be expected. Uh, we will try to compensate, see if we can get uh, some other folks to really talk about the same subject, uh, anger, because I do think that's important. I'm sure there are other folks who research anger. Uh, and then also <clears throat> the white genetic annihilation. I'm sure there are other white people who are talking about uh, the white fears and anxieties around that as well uh, and how that is being manifested in all sorts of rage and what have you. Anywho, um, We'll be here at minimum on Thursday, which is all the same subject matter countdown. Drop in fertility rates for males and females, particularly amongst white people. I'd almost say exclusively amongst white people with the data and, and perspective she presents from the book. But and we're done. Super short book. If like I said, if you didn't haven't been listening along, you can catch up really quick. It's only four sessions and we are done on Thursday with number five. So very short but very constructive book and Dr. Welsing she would have this book on her shelf I am sure or in fact if she didn't know about it all you would have to do is talk to her about it for about 60 seconds and she would be getting a copy Thursday 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific listener supported counter racist radio invest if you think the program is constructive Visit the blog racism-notes.blogspot.com racism-notes.blogspot.com PayPal button is in the top right corner. Link below PayPal, Venmo, Cash App. Uh, the Cash App address is cash.app forward slash dollar sign the cows. Much obliged for folks, folks who have kept us on the air or if we are alive by February, 13 years, Baker's Dozen, hopefully with constructive information on what it means to be white, like today, what racism, white supremacy is, how it works, and things non-white people can and should be doing to solve this problem immediately. Uh, with that, sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. The book Countdown, she talks about that so free. She talks about smoking. She talks about alcohol. She talks about cannabis. All of the above. Bad for fertility. If you are looking to produce a child, all of those abstinence. Put them on the abstinence list. Uh, that's in addition to being sober. If you're going out and about, there is lots of white rage, white genetic annihilation. Uh, this is not a time for verbal confrontations with strangers. 
uh, you should be thinking that this person he she could be armed in fact he she may have an entire armed gang at the ready if you did not leave your residence prepared to die and or kill exit you can call enforcement officials or what have you as you are vacating if you're in a vehicle you are sober buckled up and not on the cell phone uh, doing the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in no name calling nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim brother a victim I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>